Hello, friends. Craig Ballard, Locked On Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's episode, happy Alec Manoa Day to those of you who celebrate. Hopefully, it'll be the best Manoa Day so far of 2023. We are rejoined by Locked On Red Sox as we continue our crossover conversation. And we're really going to deep dive and take a look at the brewing rivalry. Is that the way to put it? Of Alec Manoa versus Alex Verdugo. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Craig Ballard. I am Locked On Blue Jays. I'm thankful you're choosing to spend part of your day talking Toronto Blue Jay baseball with me. I'm also going to have to ask for your patience here. Uh, as you can see, I am having technical difficulties. A new uh, camera is on its way, so I hopefully don't have to put up with this uh, you know, for, for very long but yes, a happy Alec Manoa Day to those of you who celebrate. Want to shout out the everydayers who are making Locked On Blue Jays your first podcast. Listen every single day, wherever you take in your podcast, certainly see. And thank you for that. For those of you taking this in on YouTube, a hello to you and a thank you to you for that as well. Wow. I mean, we've had this would be the, the, the what seventh Alec Manoa Day that we've had this year. None yet have been as good as the ones that we had last season, right? Of course, I mean, Alec Manoa, his 2022, completely special. We, we the Everydayers will remember, we talked a lot at the beginning of the year about the all the projections, right? All the projections had, uh, th those projection companies, there's about three or four. I, I'm not smart enough to know how they do the projections with their analytics and everything they take into account. I, I don't know, but, but we were taken aback with the fact that every single one of them had Alec Manoa taking major steps backwards in 2023. Every single one of them had his ERA at the end of the season finishing in the mid fours. Really surprised me. Uh, um, and I, from day one, had said that if that plays out that way, I'm going to be very surprised. I didn't see steps backwards coming from Alec Manoa. And it's certainly still early enough where he can still author a really good 2023. But if we're having an open, honest conversation, the Alec Manoa that we've seen so far, his best games have been the games where he's where he's grinded. And that Alec Manoa last season, his best games were games where he was completely dominant, completely dominant, especially with that slider to righties. That thing, the the location of all his pitches has, has been a struggle this season. It has not been Alec Manoa like, but the slider in particular. Opponents this season are hitting 360 against that slider. Are you absolutely kidding me? Used to be able to use the strikeout as a weapon, but now with him missing his spots left, right, and center, the strikeout has not been a weapon. There's been so many times where he's been this close to getting out of a jam. A jam has had two strikes on the batter, couldn't make the 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 couldn't make the uh, hit his spot with his location for the knockout punch. We've seen significantly more walks as well. Again, the 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 uh, poor control that we've seen from Alec Manoa just has not been the Alec Manoa that that we've come to love right just yet right so hopefully Fenway Park where he's pitched very well in the past hopefully this can be a cure for what ails him let's jump into our more of our crossover conversation with locked on Red Sox as we're going to deep dive this game you know as a whole but in particular we'll deep dive and continue to look at this budding rivalry apparently of Alec Manoa versus Alex Verdugo Craig Ballard, Locked On Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
quick reminder that tonight's game, of course, any Toronto Blue Jay game, you can catch on Sirius XM. As today is game number 31 for the Toronto Blue Jays, I thought we'd deep dive some significant number 31s in Toronto Blue Jay franchise history together. First of all, 31 is the franchise record for most consecutive saves. Jordan Romano clinched that last season. It was a crossover, right? Some saves in 2021 and then into 2022. Passing, of course, a Blue Jay closer legend, Tom Hankey. So, wow, I mean, Jordan Romano, 31 saves in a row. I know we're going to look at a few different 31s here. That that might be the most impressive. Like That, that, is, <laughs> that, that is insanely impressive. 31 in a row without blowing a save. My goodness. How about 31 is also the franchise record for most home runs prior to the All-Star break? That was Jose Bautista back in 2011. And remember now, in 2010, that was Bautista's big 54 home run, you know, breakout, like holy moly season. And in the second half of 2010, Jose had 30 home runs. So in the second half of 2010 and then the first half of 2011, that's 63 home runs for the big fella. Holy moly, is that getting it done? Wow. What a really odd thing, just as a side note, you may remember that 2011 Batista season where he had the the 30 home runs, or sorry, the uh, 30 home runs uh, at the at the All Star break. He would only hit 13 the rest of that season. Now he would still lead the uh, majors in home runs, you know, for the second season in a row. Actually, I guess he would only hit a dozen, wouldn't he? No, he would only hit a dozen that second season. So he went from having halves where he was hitting in the 30s to just a dozen. Did did have a, a an injury in there, but uh, and, and still did lead baseball. But still, you, you'd think. Uh, you know, <laughs> you'd think that that might might have gotten even more home runs in there. But Bautista in that 2010 and 2011 season, wow, wow. And, of course, if you're a Blue Jay fan that goes back to those days, then you know you remember full well. There was no winning going on in those days. There wasn't a whole lot of things to cheer for. The things to be excited about, about Toronto Blue Jay baseball in those days, that, that cupboard was pretty bare. <laughs> so thank goodness for the seasons Jose Bautista had. And think about the longevity as well from Batista, just as a side note, right? That's 2010 and 2011. He's not the Blue Jays playoff hero. Like he was so good in the playoffs for the Jays until 2015, 2016. So several years later, Jose Batista, what a stretch of time he had with the Toronto Blue Jays. You can see why he's being inducted into the level of excellence later on this season. 31 is also the franchise record for most decisions by a pitcher in a season. That was 1982. That was Dave Steeb, who had 17 and 14, 31 decisions. What had, he, uh, he had 14 complete games, uh, or sorry, that was the season he had the 19 complete games. Every day, as we remember, we looked at that uh, that record the other day. Holy cow, like how incredible is that record? The very next season, he had 14 complete games and a 17 and 12 record, so 29 decisions. So, you, I mean, Dave Steeb had a few seasons there where, where he was the pitcher of record. He was the pitcher of record. Win, lose, or draw, rain, or shine, he was the pitcher of record. Uh, last season, who do we have? We had Alec Manoa last season at, at 16 and 7, so that's 23 decisions. And then uh, 2021 was, what was Ryu, 14 and 10 in 2021? So that's 24 decisions. Th th those are the only ones that even come close lately for Toronto Blue Jays uh, as, as far as racking up decisions. Yeah, Dave Steve, he was going to be the pitcher of record when, when he took the mound. It's a different game this day and age, right? Yes. How about 31 hits the most allowed by, a Blue Jays, by the Blue Jays in one game? The Milwaukee Brewers came to the then Sky Dome and put a 22-2 beating on the Toronto Blue Jays. Holy moly. Imagine being, you know, you've worked two weeks of overtime at a job that you hate to be able to afford to take your family to a game, and that's the game you go to? My goodness. And this is 1992. It's the 1992 Toronto Blue Jays. This is no scrub Toronto Blue Jay team. This is the team that would win the whole darn thing in 92, right? I'd, I'd won the division in 91 as well. This, this was a good team, so what the heck happened there? 
Milwaukee had, again, that was against Milwaukee Brewers. They had four batters with at least four hits. And their number eight and number nine hitter, riddle me this one, Batman, how does this work? Their number eight and number nine hitter that game each had five hits. <laughs> wow. Wow. We marveled at Boba Shett's five for five the, the other day. Well, Boba Shett's a hitting machine. How about getting five hits from your uh, eight and nine hitter? My goodness. Uh, Paul Mulder, of course, is part of that Brewers team. He had three hits. Uh, Dante Bichette actually came off the bench and had two hits for, for Milwaukee that day. Uh, Jimmy Key started that game. He went just over an inning, three hits. Then Mike Tomlin came in. He went just over, he lasted just over an inning, five hits. Doug Linton would come in. If you remember Doug Linton, uh, he would only record one out as he gave up six hits. Holy moly. Bob McDonald would, would, have to just eat up some innings. So they had McDonald in for a little over three innings. He gave up eight hits. That takes us to the eighth inning now where Mark Eichhorn comes in. He gives up four hits. That takes us to the ninth inning where David Wells comes in. He gives up five hits. <laughs> Absolute hit barrage, a hit parade. Wow, Milwaukee laying the lumber that day. My goodness. Speaking of number 31s in Toronto Blue Jay franchise history, how about Dwayne Ward, who wore the number 31 for Toronto Blue Jays? Had to be, has to be, absolutely. I don't even think it's debatable. Ted Lilly? No, no, it's Dwayne Ward as the best Blue Jay to ever wear number 31. Dwayne Ward, six straight seasons with double-digit saves. He was a setup man, a closer, you name it. He was just a legit, legit, legit back-of-the-bullpen arm. So consistent, so reliable. Was such a fan of this guy. And, and how about uh, in the playoffs as well? Did this guy come through? Did number 31 Dwayne Ward come through for the Toronto Blue Jays in 92 and 93 playoffs? In the 92 World Series run, Dwayne Ward went 3-0 with three saves. He was mostly the setup man as well, but he had to come in and put out fires a, a few times for Tom Hankey there during that 92 run. But yeah, so 3-0 and with three saves during a World Series run. Is that impressive? And remember now, this is when you just have an American League Championship Series and the World Series. There aren't all these extra uh, wild card rounds and all this extra stuff in there right now, right? So to have six decisions in there, have three of them be wins and three of them be saves? Dwayne Ward, my goodness. How does he follow that up in 93 for that World Series run? 1-0 and record with four saves. He was the closer that season. Four saves in a World Series run. And let's not gloss over that 1-0 record, by the way, because he was the winner. That one win, he was the winner of Game 6, 93 World Series. The Joe Carter, touch them all, Joe, you'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. Dwayne Ward was the winner of that game. I remember Dwayne Ward having some other big games. The uh, We're, we're going to look at that crazy 10-0 uh, Blue Jays uh, comeback win at Fenway Park. There's a game back in 89. Uh, Cito Gasson had just taken over for the Blue Jays. And early, too, it was like, it was like in the in – in the, in the fourth inning, fourth or fifth inning, it was 10 nothing Boston. Blue Jays would come back and win that game, and Dwayne Ward would, would be the winning pitcher. He was the only pitcher on either side in that game that was good, and he was really good. And Dwayne Ward got the save. Speaking of 93 with those saves – Dwayne Ward got the save in that game four of that 93 World Series, that 15 to 14 game, that just an one of the more incredible games you're ever going to see in 15 to 14. So no pitcher came in and did well, except Dwayne Ward. Try it for free for 30 days, just enough time to try it and then completely forget about it, right? Well, in fact, over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about. You could be wasting money and not even realizing it. Rocket Money helps you find those forgotten subscriptions so you can stop paying for the ones you don't use. Do you know how much you pay for your subscriptions each year? Do you know how much they really cost? Because most people think they spend about $80 a month on subscriptions. Well, it's actually closer to about $200. So if you don't know how much you're spending each month, then you need Rocket Money. Are rising prices stressing you out? 
If you're looking for a way to cut costs, Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. Wow. You're, you're very likely one of them. Like that Stars app to watch that one show, right? Or, or that free gaming trial that you never really used. Well, Rocket Money will quickly and easily find your subscriptions for you. And if you don't want them anymore, you just hit cancel and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. Yeah, that e yeah, that easy. Rocket Money also helps you manage your finances in one place and automatically categorizes your expenses so you can easily track your budget in real time and also get alerted if anything looks off. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to, up to $720 a year. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. Craig Ballard, Locked On Blue Jays here with Jake Iggy, Locked On Red Sox. We are into Wednesday's Blue Jays Red Sox game. We've got a bit of a game here. We've got a bit of a doozy here. And this isn't one that's just on paper. We're talking because rivalries are brewing between these two teams. Alec Manoa versus Nick Pavetta. Jake, this is already a game that I would have a circled highlighted. This is already one that I would think could have some great drama because Nick Pavetta is some CanCon. He's Canadian mm -hmm. content, right? He's one of our own. Alec Manoa is, is a superstar and a hero in, in this country already. So I think the storylines would write themselves, you know, period. But the, I mean, especially now we'll get into Manoa versus Verdugo in just a moment here, but just, just to set the stage, uh, Alec Manoa, you know, one and one on the season, ERA just under five. Mm -mm. His best starts this season uh, have been where he's grinded out the starts. He's had a couple of those. He's not had anything close to his 2022 A game on display just yet. Uh, overall for Manoa, this will be his third start at Fenway. His first two, he pitched very, very well. The, the big difference this season with, with Alec Manoa has, has been the location, and in particular, his effect of, of all his pitches, and in particular, his effectiveness against righties. Uh, I want to say he hit, I think it was 156. I think righties hit 156 against Manoa last season. It's either 156 or 159. I mean, either way, Jake, complete domination, right? This season, opponents are hitting a full 100 points higher than that. And you talk about the, the Alex Verdugo aspect of things, Alex Verdugo has, oh, and, and Blue Jay fans are going to get upset with me here, but well, I mean, you have to call it the way we see it. Alex right. Verdugo has owned Alec Manoa, seven for 16, two doubles and a home run. Now, the good news is the rest of the Red Sox combined six for 42. Manoa's dominated the rest of the Red Sox. But again, if we're having an open, honest conversation, Jake, that was a lot of 2021 and 2022 when Manoa had his A stuff. We haven't seen that on display yet in 2023. So we'll get to Nick Pavetta, some CanCon, right? So it's always always easy to cheer for Nick Pavetta, even though he's a Red Sox still. But we'll get to that aspect in a moment here. But when you think Alec Manoa tonight, what are you concerned about? What are you looking for? And then when you think Alec Manoa and Alex Verdugo, what are your thoughts on that? So I, I bet you guys love to root for Nick Pavetta because you smack all over him. That's why. But it, it we'll, actually we'll get true. But okay, <laughs> we'll get we'll get to that in, in a sec. But you know, Alec Manoa and uh, Alex Verdugo. I, I think this is a matchup that everybody's excited to see. Uh, not only you know between our two fan bases, but just in the MLB. And you know, I, I think you're you're gonna see some stare downs. You're gonna see some yapping <laughs> at each other, and that's that's what we love. That's what we love as fans. It, it brings more the intensity to the watching experience. And I feel like, you know, I would love to see 
whether it's Verdugo hitting a home run off of Manoa and he flips his bat and he's yapping at him while he's walking to first base, or Manoa strikes out Verdugo and they're yapping at each other while they're both walking off the field. Either one of those, that would be primetime TV. And I, I think one thing that, you know, you think about for, for Blue Jays fans who are like, who is this Alex Verdugo guy talking crap to Alec Manoa when he hasn't even done anything since he cracked into Boston getting traded for a guy who was classified as one of the greatest Red Sox prospects to ever break through the system and somebody who's one of, you know, top five players, especially when he got traded over to the Los Angeles Dodgers and Mookie yeah. Betts. But for Verdugo, you know, he, he has the stats to back up his talk this year. And I think with him, you know, he's one of the only outspoken guys on this Red Sox team. I guess you could also say maybe Kike Hernandez. Uh, but you don't see a lot of other guys like go out into the media and call people out. And I think, uh, you know, he wouldn't have brought up uh, this aspect of emotion that he didn't like if it wasn't something that, you know, he, he's been keeping in for a little bit. You know, he brought up how Manoa was yapping at Bobby Dalback and Frenchie Cordero and telling them to sit their butts down uh, instead of just walking back to the dugout. And, you know, I, I think you could bring it up with, with bat flips for hitters as well. Like there's two different ways of showing emotion uh, in sports. And that's essentially what the episode was on. And Rob Bradford's uh, baseball isn't boring uh, episode when he had Alex Verdugo on. And so I think with that aspect, it just adds even more fuel to the fire to why to be, why you should be excited about this series. And, uh, I, I think it's it's going to be a lot of fun to watch to see what both players bring to the table. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't turn the TV on, even if it's 10 to 2, you can't turn the TV on. No lead is safe at Fenway Park, but under any circumstances, right, when these two get together, no matter what's mm -hmm. happening in the game, it's its own subplot, right? It's it's right. musty. I'm sure they'll face each other at least twice, hopefully a, a third time as well. Yeah, it should be, it should be very entertaining, uh, Jake. I'm, I'm right there with you. Now, you mentioned Nick Pavetta. And you mentioned how the Jays have done against them. It's what's really interesting to me is is the the sort of ups and downs, the 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 feast or famine. So you, you have the top of the lineup. You have Springer and Bo, absolutely owned Nick Pavetta. Now the next two batters, Vlad and Chapman, advantage Pavetta. Pavetta's done very well against both of them. Hmm. You're probably going to see Witt and Kirk in the five and six. Now we're back to advantage Blue Jays. They've hammered <laughs> Pavetta. And, and I do think that the Blue Jays will find a way to get Kevin Biggio in the game today as, as he's five for 14 with a double and two home runs in his career against Nick Pavetta. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, when I've seen Pavetta this season, it really seems like uh, there's a lot more fly balls than I'm used to seeing. I'll say that. And and I really see his, uh, I'm hoping the Blue Jays really pick on that slider. feels like his slider is being dealt with. Uh, what are you looking for tonight in Nick Pavetta? What does he have to do uh, to be successful in this game tonight, in, in this emotion-packed game tonight? He's going to keep the ball on the ground. I, I, I think, you know, his, his uh, ineffectiveness to uh, keep balls at least out of play or, or in terms of, you know, getting people on base. Uh, you know, he doesn't walk a lot of people, but he does allow a lot, a lot of hits. And that usually stacks up to, you know, adding runs on the board as well. You know, there's a lot of times where, uh, you know, with Nick Pavetta, he reminds me a lot of an Eduardo Rodriguez when he was on the Red Sox. I always make that comparison because he'll go out there and give you a game where it's a two hitter, he'll strike out eight, and then the next game he'll allow five. And then it's a back and forth just like that. Or sometimes he'll just have a stretch of five stars in a row where, you know, he, he blows up the game, allows, you know, three to five runs or so. But he's right now a guy, you know, this is this is a storyline to keep an eye on. 
he's a guy who's fighting for a roster spot or a rotation spot. Oh. And, you know, I, I think especially from what, you know, Red Sox fans have heard from him when the, you know, murmurs of him going to the bullpen have come up. He's been very snippy, snappy to media when that gets brought up. Oh, wow. And he's also been very uh, s- sort of beating his fist down on the table of I am going to be in the rotation. Just sort of he he has no um, you know, no willingness, it seems like, to want to go into the bullpen or allow his his rotation spot, even though he's been with the team for three years now and has had practically identical ERAs all throughout those last three yeah. years with absolutely barely any improvement whatsoever. And so I, I think that's a component to look towards because, you know, even though Garrett Whitlock is probably going to be out for, you know, two turns through the rotation, James Paxton's on his way up. And, you know, once Paxton comes up, you know, you got to make a decision. Are you going to keep Hauk in the bullpen or are you going to keep Nick Pavetta in the bullpen? And so that's a really interesting storyline to look at. And so I think he's going to be pitching with a lot more motivation um, in, in this series, especially going against AL East teams. He got killed against AL East teams all throughout last season. Uh, and, you know, the the figure that, you know, I was referring to when I said, you know, the Blue Jays mash him, he had a 595 ERA against the Blue Jays in four starts last year. And, Goodness. you know, that – that's just one thing that uh, it's really tough to swallow. And, and it's really kind of crazy because, like I said, AOE's killed him last year, but every other team that he faced last year, he did relatively all right. But, um, you know, with Nick Pavetta going to be coming out with a different vengeance this this game because he's got to show that he deserves to stay in the rotation. How about, uh, Jake, how about you, you laying out for us that uh, Nick Pavetta bucking the trend of, of your uh, of your of your typical – uh, polite, uh, a nice uh, Canadian. You're telling me that you're hearing a lot of uh, actual downright pushback from from him in the media. Is that right? Yeah, a little bit. And you know, he he's he's um you know he 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 said that you know he wants to stay in that rotation, and you know he, he's not super open to going into the bullpen. And you know, he did have a bullpen role in the in the 2021 playoffs, and was very effective in that role. And you know, I think for him, you know, you're not paying him a lot of money, and you know, he he's in arbitration for, I believe, two more seasons with the Red Sox. And so it's sort of a situation kind of like I spoke about when you asked me about what the landscape of this team is right now. You got to figure out if Nick Pavetta is a future part of your franchise and if you're going to trade him or if you're going to put him as, as a bullpen piece. And so I think, you know, we could potentially see that, you know, if, if they want to see what do we have in Nick Pavetta as a multi-inning reliever, you know, time will come in the next few weeks. Right back with more Locked on Blue Jays in just a moment. First, wanted to mention that our new sponsor, So Rare, is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, So Rare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards and there's no cost to play. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next-level competitions and rewards. So where MLB Game Weeks weeks happen twice weekly, a span of three- or four-day span. So that's Monday to Thursday, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday. At the end of the game week, so where MLB managers who rank at or near the top of their leaderboards win a variety of rewards, which can include so rare scarcity cards, game tickets, merchandise, signed jerseys, and VIP experiences like meeting MLB stars. Prizes may vary depending on the competition. Head to SoRare.com slash locked on. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E.com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineups, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash locked on to start playing today. 
That's going to wrap Wednesday's episode of Locked On Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Real quick before we get out today, just wanted to mention something that that just uh, I just saw on Twitter. Chris Black. If you don't follow Chris Black, I would absolutely recommend it. Let me get make sure I get his exact handle. Down to Black. So D-O-W-N-T-O and then Black, like the color, B-L-A-C-K. Down to Black. He has a ton of followers on, on Twitter, so you're, you probably are already. Uh, if you're not, and I put you on to Chris Black, then congratulations to you. Your, your life is about to improve. He does fantastic deep dives in, in a lot of different sports, but a lot of really uh, really great uh, Toronto Blue Jays in particular deep dives. And just wanted to mention uh, something I just uh, saw from him as uh, everydayers will remember that uh, you know we've been talking about the woes, the absolute woes of the left-handed hitters for the Toronto Blue Jays. Just not only not not going yet; it's it's been downright it's been downright bad. Even Kevin Kiermaier, who got off to that hot hot start, now well, we'll, we'll get to him in a moment here. But for left-handed uh, batters or rankings in Major League Baseball, so not just in the American League East, not just in the American League in baseball, Toronto Blue Jays dead last across the board. Dead last across the board. There literally was a 29th ranking in there for for one of the stats. I, I'd, I'd have to, to go back and look to see which one, but I mean, even still. So dead last or or second last all across the board with these left-handed bats. Kevin Biggio, my goodness. My goodness. Uh, who even knows what to say about Kevin Biggio anymore, right? And at the beginning of the season, I was willing to to have him see some at-bats because maybe the no-shift was going to help him. Uh, I've, I've said many times that it's possible that the last couple seasons we did not see much, if at all, of Kevin Biggio healthy. So I didn't mind giving him a sh- uh, you know some at-bats a shot. You know, Whit Merrifield is my guy for second base, but Biggio can play different spots as well. But he's just been absolutely putrid right absolutely putrid brandon belt it it we're now for me anyway in the time to start panicking about brandon belt he was injured last season so showed up to, to spring training and didn't do much in spring training showed up a little later because you know getting that he, he's older so that recovery was going to take a while but he's had enough time at this point where he's had enough time to to get adjusted he's had enough time during the regular season which he, you know was like like a spring training for him I've got San Francisco Giant fans who were who were just over the moon, glowing what a leader he is and, and how great of an addition he was to the or he would be for the Toronto Blue Jays. We're not privy to the locker room stuff, so who knows about that aspect? But between the lines, between you know innings one through nine, wow, wow, a complete swing and a miss, no pun intended. And it's really why I think he might be done because these swings and misses we're seeing from him on fastballs right down the middle, fastballs right down the middle, can't catch up, can't put it in play. How about uh, who am I uh, missing here? Kevin Kiermaier. Now, Kiermaier is the only one I'm not going to be at all panicked about. The no matter how long you've you've been watching baseball for, you've seen a lot of changes, right? Even if you're just new to baseball, thanks to Rob Manfred, you've seen a million changes, anyways. But one thing that it that does remain constant, or that that, that does remain true, because there are a handful of things that still remain true, and one of those is you can still be a World Series contender, you can still be you know very, a very legitimate baseball team, and have a terrible or, or a poor hitter, however you want to put it, in the nine spot, if that, you know, struggling poor hitter in the nine spot is elite defensively. Well, that does describe Kevin Kiermaier. So all we've ever wanted from him was to be, you know, decent. If he could be good offensively, pair that with his incredible defense, my gosh, what an asset for the Toronto Blue Jays. But even de- even if he could be decent offensively, I will take it. Dalton Varsho. 
Wow. Wow. What? I mean, I'm not even going to deep dive this right now because there's just no time or, or, or energy right now to, to deep dive something like this. But clearly, we're all extremely, extremely underwhelmed with Dalton Varshow. Not only were the expectations, you know, very high for this guy, but this was the return asset for Gabriel Moreno, who at the time of the trade was the number one prospect in baseball. You, uh, When have you seen a trade for the number one prospect in baseball? I, I can't say it's unprecedented because I don't know that it, I, I don't know if it was unprecedented or not, but it's certainly not your everyday. It's certainly not your everyday. And even though the Blue Jays were dealing from a position of strength, catcher spot is great here in Toronto, still cannot afford to take such a bath, such a step backwards. Dalton Varsho has been terrible. John Schneider somehow running him in, in the middle of the lineup every single day. I have no idea why. I want, I've always wanted Varsho, Witt, and Kiermaier to be the 7, 8, 9. It, it would be the best base running bottom of the lineup in Toronto Blue Jay franchise history. It would be the most dynamic base running in the at the bottom of the lineup in the history of the Toronto Blue Jays. So I hope a move like that is coming sooner rather than later. But I just wanted to touch on those things because we were just talk, uh, talk, um, talking yesterday about the struggles of these Blue Jays lefties. Keep it locked on the Locked On Podcast Network. If you're a fantasy baseball fan like myself, then tune into Locked On Fantasy. And if you're a baseball fan of, of teams other than the, the Toronto Blue Jays as well. Don't forget there is locked on MLB. And for the game tonight, remember to take that in on Sirius XM.